Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks. I'm going to say it once, and hopefully I'm wrong. But it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams, and then a toss, and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be beeping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool. And hey, guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win. And then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. All right, so, well, we all had to suffer through that uh, misery that was the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Our Monday morning for me and for all of us here in Europe, in Germany, and in England and all over the place here in Europe, I know there are, there are a lot of football fans. It really continues to grow here. I was talking to one of my um, German football friends over here, uh, Football Verrückt, on um, Twitter the other day about the possibility of the NFL coming and playing a game in Germany. And it sounds like there are some conversations about it. There are have been talks that they could come to... Munich or to Berlin, perhaps, or one of the other big soccer stadiums here in Germany. And that may be happening in the next few years. And since there are four 
already in London. It doesn't. I don't really understand why there aren't more and why there aren't any in Germany. I think there are just as many NFL fans in Germany as there are in England. I think probably the reason is because the language barrier or what they perceive as a language barrier. But geez, I mean, I've been in Germany now for for almost three years, and I can tell you that it's not really a problem. Almost everyone speaks English and speaks it well in Germany, especially the the group uh, or the the generation of my age and younger. They all are very, very good with English, and I don't think that would even be a problem. Now, I think hopefully that'll happen in the next few years. But anyway, we got to stay up until about 4 a.m. I think I was up till 4.15 watching that game. And I can tell you from after from about the first quarter on, at the end of the first quarter, I was really tempted to go to bed. I mean, that was really tough. It just the, the game didn't really fascinate me, didn't really interest me. There, there was no real excitement. Now I, I get it. It was fun to watch. Great coaching because that's really what it was. Um, great defensive coaching. I you really had two of the greatest defensive minds in history, I believe, going at it on Sunday night, and, and it and it, it showed. It, it paid off, I guess, for a defensive game. I mean, Wade Phillips, obviously one of the greatest, one of the biggest mistakes the Denver Broncos have ever made in letting him uh, go, letting him walk. Um, Bill Belichick, obviously one of the greatest minds also ever to coach the defensive side of the ball. And that that's uh, you know we'll talk about that later. That's that's one of the the later segments I want to talk about is what makes New England so great. How have they won six Super Bowls in the last twenty years? How do they go almost every year to the Super Bowl? They always make it to the AFC Championship. The only team, the only quarterback who's really been able to stop them has been Peyton Manning in the Denver Broncos. And what's the reason? What makes them so good? And we'll talk about that in a later segment. Also. Coming up later, Skipper Dude is going to have a really cool segment, really interesting segment about how different cities have had success with all the four major sports. That's the that's the NFL, the MLB, so football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, and and how different cities have had um, their teams make the playoffs in one year, and how the hope is that in the Denver sports scene, all four of the major sports make it to the playoffs in 2019 and I think it's it's not asking too much of the teams that play here in Denver I think the the Rockies are very good um obviously the Nuggets are the number one in the AFC right in the I'm, I'm sorry in the Western Conference right now which is extreme considering how good the Western Conference is and the Avalanche are decent and a lot of teams make the playoffs for the NHL anyway anyway that'll come up later the skipper dude will talk about again yeah the teams from each city um, as far as the Super Bowl, again, what is there to say? I mean, it was boring. The halftime show was boring. The commercials were boring, except, of course, the 100-year commercial for the NFL was fantastic. That was absolutely, oops, there goes my mixer, absolutely one of the best commercials I've ever seen, uh, sports commercials at least. Um, just the the little, I don't know, the intricacies of, of who was doing what, who was making the, the you know, the, the catches or the tackles or uh, I loved it. I, if you're a big time NFL fan, obviously you loved that video because it just, uh, there was so much history to it and so much little, you know, little backstories and uh, it was great. Really great. Other than that though, there was really nothing to watch. I mean, it was, it was a boring game and a boring Super Bowl, which we had to watch again and watch the stupid new England Patriots again win and so the question is obviously now 
now that we have what I think three weeks until the uh, combine, which for me, I mean, it's good. I mean, I, I get the combine, I get the teams get to go and watch players, you know, perform and watch players, you know, they're, they're, they're straight up stats, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, sometimes you see a guy who sticks out and you can say, okay, this is someone who's freakish. This is someone who's, who's going to be great. But honestly, oftentimes those stats don't mean anything. I mean, if a guy can bench press 500 pounds, 10 times, does anyone really care? I mean, sometimes it matters, but oftentimes it really doesn't. And that's part of what I, of what I want to talk about with what makes New England great. And part of it is not just talented players. They have talented players, of course. I mean, Julian Edelman is a is a talented guy, though the talk of him being a Hall of Famer is ridiculous. Don't even get me started. Now, maybe someday, but he's got a long way to go before he should even be in that conversation. But he's a great, a great, a perfect example of the New England style of player. He's good. He's talented. The, what makes him great, what makes him a Super Bowl MVP, is he is smart. He's a guy who understands the game of football. He understands the plays. He understands the defense. He understands where to sit and get open. And that's something that, that people really take for granted. I, mean, I, I think that the NFL player or the college players, it, this is a really hard game. It's a really difficult game, of course, not just physically, but also mentally. And we saw that on Sunday night, that the reason why it was a low-scoring game was because the defenses were were coached better than the offenses. That, that, that's really the truth. They, they were ready for everything the offense was putting out. And that's for both sides. Wade Phillips and Bill Belichick both did a fantastic job of coaching up the defenses. But part of the reason is because both defenses have very smart players. Now, I think St. Louis, I'm sorry, St. Louis, LA has more talented defense. They have the, the guys whose names you recognize, the Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Ndamukong Sue, Aaron Donald, these are guys who are household names and very, very talented players on defense. And on New England, I mean, how many of those defensive players on New England can you name? I mean, before the game, honestly, uh, who was the cornerback? Um, uh, see, I can't even think of his name. I mean, maybe this is my bad that I don't watch enough football since I've been in, in Germany. Um, ah, geez, I can't think of his name. The, the guy, the cornerback who was an all pro first team, all pro. I didn't even know his name. And I, I guess maybe that's for some reason in new England, all of their success is always attributed to Belichick and Brady. And so other players just don't really get recognition or maybe, again, I don't know. I, I know the McCordy twins are there, but I only know the McCordy twins play there because they're twins. I, I don't know that because of their talent. I just don't because they're brothers and that's an unusual little quirk. I mean, Dante Hightower, uh, but other than that, I don't know. Who, who else plays for New England? I mean, I'm sure they have some very good players, but they don't really have stars. They don't have these big names. Now, the difference, again, is they have very smart players. They have players who obviously are able to take Bill Belichick's schemes, which are clearly very complicated and very difficult, and put them into action. And part of what they did against LA was they had these they they were changing their defense post snap and again what as you as you read on my report in milehighreport.com is what they did was they they 
made it so that Jared Goff had to make the decisions and not Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay is the brains behind that offense. He's the brains behind their quarterback. Sean McVay was the one who would see the defense line up. He would tell Jared Goff what he should do, and Jared Goff would would do it. I don't think Jared Goff is smart enough to really read a defense post-snap and make decisions. Now, that's the big difference between Tom Brady and Jared Goff. Jared Goff, of course, is all the talent. He's got the big arm. He can make all the throws. Tom Brady really can't anymore. You don't see many passes from Tom Brady past 10 yards. He is maybe the most boring quarterback in the NFL right now. Now, of course, he made the one huge, amazingly good pass to, to Gronkowski in the fourth quarter. But other than that, can you name one good pass Tom Brady made? He didn't, but he's smart. He, he he is so good at reading the coverage and so good at understanding where the coverage is going to be and who's going to be where that he can make the throw at the right time. Jared Goff couldn't. And Belichick worked the defense around that and made it so his defenders had to, you know, they had to be smart enough to have a post-snap formation and then change after the snap. And that's something that I, I firmly believe is not an easy thing. Now, it also obviously helps if you have a great coach who can teach it to you, who can explain it to you. But even then, it's not something that just, it's just click and people get. And you see why, I mean, like, for example, with Peyton Manning, remember how many wide receivers came in with Peyton Manning and just couldn't play here? They can't play with Peyton Manning. These guys who are supposedly very talented, who are very physically gifted, but they're not they don't have the quick enough mind, I guess, to be able to work with someone like Peyton Manning, who is a genius on the field. And that's not even, you know, throwing shade at any of these players. It's just, it's an unusual player who can understand these schemes. And it's been the same in New England. Your, your, your guys who have helped New England become a dynasty, be a dynasty, have been these little tiny slot receivers like Edelman and Welker. Now, they are not that physically gifted now yes they're, they're much better at football than I am of course but they're guys who they they made the mark because of their brains and this is absolutely something that the Denver Broncos should try to emulate they should try to emulate it in the draft in free agency they should say okay we want talented guys but we most especially want smart guys we want guys who understand the game of football they understand the intricacies the the little the little details that make the difference in a Super Bowl, that make the difference in a playoff game. Maybe, you know, throughout the season, it's it's not as big of a deal, but each game, each game you go, especially in the playoffs, it makes a huge difference how smart your team is, how, you know, how many mistakes they make or don't make, and how many flags were called on New England in, in the playoffs. Now, part of that is probably because of referee bias, but part of it is because they are just well coached. They are smart. And in you know, we give so much credit to Bill Belichick, and it's absolutely deserved. I mean, the more I watch Belichick in, the, in New England, the more that Tom Brady becomes an old, decrepit quarterback, and they still win, I give more and more credit to Bill Belichick. I think that his legacy grows the longer Tom Brady is their quarterback, and they win, because Brady just doesn't have the physical tools he used to. Now, he has the mental tools, and again, that's the difference. Bill Belichick is able to coach him up because he is one of the smartest post-snap quarterbacks of all time and that's what makes the difference and so the Broncos need to find that they need to find a quarterback they need to find defenders offensive players who can come in and make that difference they can be the guy who gets it and that is what the Broncos should be looking at and we're going to talk about later about if you know who is the quarterback who can come in and be that Tom Brady I get it I, I get it 
Don't jump on my back. No one's going to be Tom Brady. He, he is a one-of-a-kind guy, a six-rounder who is one of the top three greatest quarterbacks of all time. So yeah, no problem there. But they can be the Tom Brady in terms of being smart and at least talented enough, but most especially smart. And that is what I want to see from the Broncos this offseason. I want them to go out and get guys who are it. They have the it factor. We've talked about that before. They have the the the, the personality. They have the the want to. They have the the you know the the Tim Tebowness. Just more talent than Tim Tebow. But they have the the factor that makes New England good and great year after year after year. Up next, we're going to talk about just how the Broncos can continue on their path to becoming the next New England-style dynasty in the NFL after this. So I think the good news for Broncos fans is that they are they have made the first step to emulating the Patriots, to becoming the Patriots, and that is in hiring a very smart, very respected, very good, defensive-minded, old-school head coach, a guy who's going to create an atmosphere that is no nonsense, that doesn't allow ridiculous, you know, actions, doesn't allow any added, doesn't allow any attitude that is stupid or, or or immature or whatever. I mean, I think that's that was a problem for Vance Joseph. That I think as a young guy, as a first-time head coach he was probably too easy on his players. And it sounds like that was the case. Now, don't get me started on the whole leadership issue and how everyone is all about Von Miller being this great leader, yet the locker room was an absolute disaster. In my opinion, those two things don't work with each other. If you have great leadership in the locker room, then you have a good locker room, which makes me think Von Miller is not a great leader. Great player. I would never want to trade him. I don't want to get rid of Von Miller but he's not a great leader. Anyway, for the locker room, I think that's going to be a big difference this year. You're going to have a a better in-control, no-nonsense attitude, and that's obviously what they have in New England, and they've had in New England for years and years and years, and it's a big reason why they've become a dynasty. It's because they 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 just don't make mistakes from from top to bottom. Now, yes, you know, sometimes they cheat and get in trouble, and I think that they are they are known for that. They're known for guys who who push the limits. Look at Julian Edelman. Jeez, he's the Super Bowl MVP, and he was out for the first four games of the season because he cheated, because he was caught using some sort of, you know, steroids or whatever that he wasn't allowed to use. Now, this happens it's seemingly every year that they do something that is not allowed and they get punished for it. Now, yeah, I don't like it. Of course I don't like it. I'm not saying the Broncos should do it. Now, yes, I had a tongue-in-cheek segment a couple weeks ago about should the Broncos cheat like the Patriots. I wasn't being serious. Of course not, because I don't think they should. I don't want them to become like that. But to a point, it makes sense. You always want to push the boundaries at least a bit. Maybe not as much as the Patriots, but you want to push it where no one else is pushing it. Why do you think New England is a dynasty? Where they're one of the greatest dynasties in sports history partly because they push it. They always try to have that advantage, even if it's slightly cheating. Now, I don't like the cheating, but it works, right? I mean, you know, they've gotten caught several times now, and it doesn't really damage them. I mean, Brady was 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 um, suspended four games, didn't hurt. Edelman was suspended four games, didn't hurt. I mean, you see what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, it's not good to cheat, but maybe to a point it is. 
anyway, the, you know, the, the whole atmosphere in New England is that of of control, is that of of I don't know maturity, I guess. And and, and Belichick is the reason why they've become a dynasty. I, I firmly believe in that. Now, I think if Belichick had had had, had Peyton Manning. I think they'd have 10 Super Bowls right now. I think Peyton Manning was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady became a great quarterback, mostly because of Belichick. Now, yes, Brady is a great quarterback, but he's not. Tom Brady is not as good as Peyton Manning would have been with a great, all-time great head coach. I think Alex Smith could have won four or five Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. And it shows you the difference between a great, great, great head coach and a not great head coach. We saw that this year with Vance Joseph. And part of it is because they set a mentality. They bring in guys, only guys, who are going to work with their system. Except for every now and then they don't, like like um, Josh Gordon, which was kind of odd. But I think they must have figured, you know, what did they have to lose with Josh Gordon? And they, they hoped that maybe the whole atmosphere of the New England locker room would change him, even though it unfortunately did not. But <laughs> Josh Gordon did, did did get a Super Bowl ring, which is pretty incredible. Anyway, the Broncos have made that first step. They've brought in a coach that's going to bring back that respectability. He's going to bring back that tough locker room. And he's going to bring a very, very good defensive mind to the game. And we see that, again, the later you get into the playoffs, the more important that is. You can have a great offense during the regular season, but once you get through the postseason, you have to have at least a good defense. And it seems it's almost always you have to have a very good defense or even a great defense. I mean, look at the Broncos in 2015. Peyton Manning was just not very good, obviously, but he was just good enough to win with a all-time great defense. Now, what makes a defense all-time great? It's not always talent. Well, or not even all-time. It's not okay. It's not about the all-time great defense. It's about what makes them a Super Bowl-winning defense. And at least according to the Patriots, that's coaching. And the Broncos now have that. They also have a very, very good offensive line coach. Now that's something that the, the New England Patriots went back and hired a, a very old, a very veteran. I think a seventy-year-old. Offensive line coach this this season in um what's his name Dante Scarnecchia, who's supposed to be one of the best in the game, and it made a big difference. You saw that they really were good enough on the offensive line in this game against a great defensive front, and they were dominant against Kansas City and San Diego in the playoffs before the Super Bowl. They they didn't allow a single sack. I think they allowed it was something like three hits on the quarterback. I mean that's unheard of. And these are guys who are late round picks. They're not really early round draft picks. These are guys that you've probably never heard of, but they had a great coach. And I think the Broncos have also made that next step. So they have the great defensive head coach. Now they have a great offensive line coach, maybe the best in football in Mike Munchak. That's a big, big deal. This means they can bring in guys who maybe they're not overly expensive. Maybe they're not the greatest talented guys, but the scheme and the coaching will make a difference. And we see again this year and year after year after year in New England, the coaching is the difference. And we saw it also with Vance Joseph. Now, I don't think even, okay, maybe Belichick, but most other coaches would not have had a successful time with the Broncos because there just wasn't enough talent. They didn't have quarterback, etc. But obviously, you know, with Vance Joseph, they were worse than they could have been with a good or great head coach. So coaching is the difference, and I think the Broncos are on their way to having a really, really good coaching staff that is formulated very similarly 
to New England. Again, the defensive-minded genius head coach, the young offensive coordinator, even though I get it, Josh McDaniels isn't so young anymore, but that was who he was. Um, Scangarello, you know, maybe he'll be the next Josh McDaniels. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying he will be, but he's that young, hot shot guy. Um, you also have the, I guess, the defensive coordinator who's there just kind of to support uh, Vic Fangio. And you have the brilliant, awesome offensive line coach who I think it seems maybe like the most underrated position, the uh, most underrated coaching position in the sport. And they also have a great defensive line coach. So again, I think the coaching staff has become really, really good in, in, in Denver. And that's, that's the first step. And so next, again, like I said, they need to bring in guys who are smart and who can learn the team. Now, what are the Broncos going to do in the offseason in terms of quarterback? Now, that is, of course, the question that everyone asks and nobody knows. Nobody has any idea, but it seems like 99% of people are guessing or assuming it's going to be Drew Locke out of Missouri. I just don't see that happening. I, I don't think the Broncos are in a place where they, they think they have to draft a quarterback. Now, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they think Drew Locke is the guy. And if they think he is the guy, he is the future, he is the franchise quarterback that they've wanted for so long, then of course they should draft him. Of course. I, I, I will not argue that. They, they, you know, they're more, they're better football people than I am or will ever be. They understand that. Now, if that's what they think, then yes, please. Excuse me. Go draft Drew Locke. But I don't think that's the case. I think that they see him as a guy who is, who is good, who is decent, who, you know, was a guy who might fall down to the second round or maybe even to the to the late first round where they could trade back up and pick him. But I think now that his his you know his, his prospect, his draft prospect has jumped so high, I mean so unbelievably high since the senior senior game and, and other you know other offseason activities that I don't see it. I don't think the Broncos are that interested in him. I don't think they saw him as a top 10, top five type guy. I don't think the Broncos are going to trade all their draft capital and more to get a guy who is probably a project, a quarterback. Now, yes, he has a lot of tools. He can make the throws. But again, I don't know if he's the smartest guy. I don't know if he's a guy who can make the post-snap reads. Now, there aren't many guys coming out of college who can do that. But I actually see a guy maybe like David Jones or someone who from from um, Duke who's really well coached and who you know maybe has had the chance to I don't know who has more of that brain for a post snap read maybe not all the talent maybe not all the accuracy etc but he has the brain to be able to do it I think that's more likely that they draft a guy like that in the second or third rounds they stick with Keenum in 2019 and perhaps if. If this other guy doesn't look like he's going to pan out, he was a third round bust, whatever, then you draft someone in 2020, which is an absolutely loaded draft, or even 2021, which actually looks like it'll also be a very good draft in terms of quarterbacks. So we'll see. I mean, of course, nobody really knows. It's going to be an off season of speculation, an off season of wonder. You know, what are they going to do? What is their attack plan? And it seems, again, the Broncos are trying to, to become the next New England Patriots as much as they can. And if that's the case, then you're going to bring, you're going to build around smart players and you're going to build around a quarterback who, who is intelligent and who can make the right decisions, not necessarily all of the throws. And I think that's something that we should really watch as the off season progresses. And well, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see what guys can do in the combine. We'll, we'll see, you know, 
what happens in free agency. I don't see the Broncos bringing in anyone in free agency. I don't see them draft or, or trading for a guy like Foles or, or bringing in a guy like Flacco. I think the Broncos are okay with Case Keenum for another year. I think they want to see maybe what Scangarello uh, as the offensive coordinator can do with Case Keenum for a season. Um, and then you, you build around a guy you either draft in 2019 or 2020. Now, the problem is, is that if you're betting on the 2020 draft, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's so many of these guys coming out in 2020, maybe they get hurt. Maybe, maybe you have a, a fortunate 2019 season, which makes it so that you make the playoffs and you have a, you know, a lower draft pick. Now, of course you can always, I guess, trade up in the draft, but there, there's, you can never, I don't think you can really guess and say, okay, we're going to hold off this year and then draft someone in 2020 because it's all a guessing game. Jeez, the draft in 2019 is a guessing game. So it, that doesn't even consider a draft another a year from now. I mean, who knows? Jeez, nobody knows what's going to happen. So I think that's risky to say they're going to not do it now and do it in 2020. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think, again, my gut says that they're going to go with Keenum and see what happens. Maybe draft a guy in the late rounds and go from there. There are so many strong defensive players in this 2019 draft. I mean, really, really good guys that uh, Scandrello is, is likely going to want to um, excuse me, Fangio, Scangarello. Fangio is going to want to, you know, bring in as, as as cornerstones of the defense. You already have the pass rush. You already have one really great cornerback. Maybe you bring back Roby as a third quarterback, cornerback, and um, so you're going to need to draft. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe a cornerback in the in the first round. Maybe you draft a a stud linebacker. Maybe it's a defensive tackle. Um, and I think that's that's more likely the way they go. Anyway, up next. Uh, Skipper Dude comes on. He's going to talk about again. He's going to discuss the the teams in each city and how many times the four teams from the major sports have made the playoffs in the same year. And is that likely to happen in Denver in 2019? Up next, Skipper Dude after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today we're going to take a look ahead to the rest of 2019 with part one of a two-part series on setting goals for 2019. In business, at least in the United States, we, we have a calendar cycle that kind of builds around the Christmas season. In, in Europe, because of the heat in places like Italy and Spain especially, things go fairly dead over the summer months, and Europeans take long summer vacations in order to beat the heat. But here in the United States, where major power centers like Wall Street in New York and Washington, D.C., 
have more trouble with cold winters than, than they do with hot summers. It makes sense that, that things here kind of shut down in, in the month of December and then come back to life slowly in January and February. And that makes January and February a perfect time to look ahead at the coming year and set goals for ourselves. Now, of course, as sports fans, making goals for the coming year, it's a little goofy, I suppose, because there's really not much we can do to, to make our goals happen. But I do think it's a lot of fun to create a target for the year and then spend the year seeing if your team can teams can hit the target. So, so Denver sports fans, how about this as a target for 2019? All four major Denver sports teams, the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche, making their league playoffs. I think that would be really cool. And I also think for, for the first time in certainly a long time, it could happen. So, so to go through the four teams, there's really not much to discuss here with the Nuggets. Because short of them forfeiting the rest of their season, they're in. Okay, one down. We'll just forget about the Nuggets. The, the Rockies have been to the playoffs as a wildcard team the past two years. They'll be hard-pressed to beat the Dodgers for the NLS championship, as always. But with a rising base uh, of youth, young players and some absolute studs like, like Arenado and Story and Freeland and Marquez, they, they pretty well project as at least a borderline playoff team, perhaps even a contender if things break well for the young guys. Now, the Avalanche are an improving team. They're, they're hovering around 500, and they appear to be headed at least for a fight for the last couple of conference playoff spots. I wouldn't say it's going to take a miracle or anything close to get into the playoffs, but as goals go, this one could be a little bit of a stretch. At last I checked there, they're about uh, two games, I think, out, out of the last playoff spot. And then, of course, you have the Broncos. And, and yeah, obviously, as, as fans, you know, the Broncos are 19-0 are, they're, they're and 0 next year, season until they're not. But, but how realistically are their playoff chances looking? And, and honestly, I, I would say they're pretty decent, okay? And, and part of that is just going to be the attrition of the rest of the conference. The, 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 the sky seems to be the limit in Kansas City right now. I'll be surprised if they don't upgrade that wretched defense of theirs. They maybe downgrade the offense a little, but they look pretty nearly unbeatable for the next few seasons. I would not count on catching the Chiefs next year. Um, but, but to me, Phillip Rivers looks like a quarterback on his slide into retirement, and, and the Chargers look to me like a team on the decline. Um, Chucky and the Raiders, after blowing things up in 2018, they'll be in year one of their rebuild next year. You really don't count on them for much. And, and I also think with the Patriots, who in all likelihood are going to lose Brady, Belichick, and Gronkowski, they're, they're going to be in a major rebuild mode. And I think the Steelers also are, are a train wreck and are also close to the end with um, Big Ben. The, both of those teams are, are trending down. This could be a very good season for Vic Fangio to push things up to 10-6 and six and get the Broncos into the playoffs. So, as I was thinking through this goal, I asked myself, how many times has this ever happened in Denver? In fact, how many times has it ever happened anywhere? And being an opinion journalist, I said to myself, Skipper, don't just ask the question. Go out and find the answer. You can't be the only one who, who's curious about this. Certainly some of you have got to be kind of curious. So let's take a look and see how many cities and how many times this feat has been accomplished. So I started with all 32 NFL teams. And of course, there, there are only 30 cities represented because New York with the Giants and Jets 
as well as the uh, as as Los Angeles with the Rams and Chargers right now have have uh, two two teams each. But for the sake of the analysis, I, I added back San Diego and St. Louis just because you know they have long histories of, of NFL teams and perhaps they they've accomplished the feat at some some point or another. So we'll start the analysis with 32 teams and first knock out any city that has no Major League Baseball team. Okay, there's actually seven of those. Buffalo, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Green Bay, Carolina, and New Orleans. Seven, te- seven cities with no Major League Baseball team that takes our number down to uh, 25 cities to draw from. All right, so how many of those with the NFL and MLB teams don't have an NBA team? This actually surprised me a little bit. There's seven, another seven. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, and San Francisco. So Kansas City did have a little flirtation with a uh, for just a couple seasons, but um, nowhere close to having all four teams in the playoffs in the same year. So that's another seven. Takes us down to 18 teams in, in that uh, could possibly have pulled the feet. And then let's take a look finally at, at cities with NFL, MLB, and NBA, but no NHL team. And believe it or not, there's six more of those. Cleveland, Houston, San Diego, Oakland, Atlanta, and Seattle. So that leaves us actually with 12 cities that even have all four sports teams represented, Denver being one of them. Denver, Boston, Miami, New York, Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, Detroit, Chicago, Phoenix, and L.A. So of those, how many times do you think, how many of these cities have accomplished the feat, and how many times do you think they've done it? I'll let you think about that for just a minute, and now we'll dig into the numbers. Okay, so let's look first. We'll go through kind of the same exercise and look at the cities who, who have done Major League Baseball and NFL in the same in the in the same year, okay. Um, the, the the there are three cities that stand out above all the others. Absolutely no doubt about it. New York, L.A., and Boston, um, thirteen, eleven, and eleven, where both the Major League Baseball team and NFL to have made the the uh, playoffs in the same year is kind of easy for um, for New York and L.A. because they've got multiple teams in in uh, you know the different the different sports. But there are two cities that fall out um, in this analysis. One is Denver, and the other one is Phoenix. I, I was actually a little bit surprised because the Rockies have been to the playoffs five different times, 1995, 2007, 2009, 2017, and 2018. But believe it or not, all five times the Rockies have made the playoffs, the uh, the Broncos haven't. And despite the fact that um, the Diamondbacks have had a pretty successful run in, in Phoenix, um, the, the Phoenix, the Phoenix Cardinals, have have not had gone to the playoffs in the same year as the Diamondbacks ever. So now we're down to 10 teams, or 10 cities. All right, so let's take it to the next level. Look, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA in the same in, in the same season. And again, another two cities drop off. Washington, D.C., as well as, and this was a little bit of a surprise when I saw it, Detroit falls off. So now we have eight cities left. So what I'd like to do is that this this um, whole exercise has a little bit of a surprise ending to it, and I want to hold that to the end. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through and look at the cities that have actually accomplished it, because it's only actually been four. Uh, I'm sorry, five. And and of the five, four of them 
are ones that you would pretty well expect. In fact, two of them came from the wretched Super Bowl the other night. Um, Boston, which has done it seven times, and L.A., which has also done it seven times. L.A. was actually the first city to ever accomplish the feat in 1974 with the, uh, with the Dodgers, who won the World Series that year, as well as with the, uh, the Rams. And then they accomplished it again in 1977, 78, 79, 82, as well as 1985 and 88. The very golden age for, for L.A. sports. You, you had the Rams, who made the, the playoffs something like 14 out of 17 years. The Raiders, who had a, a nice little run in L.A., as well as the, the Dodgers, very, very hot through the 70s, and, and the Angels with um, success in the, in the early 80s. So seven times for L.A., and of course, Boston, no surprise there. Um, they, they, they accomplished it for the first time in 1986, and then again, 2003, 2004, 2013, and then the last two years, 2017, 2018. This is no surprise because the, uh, the, with the Tom Brady era, the, the Patriots make the, soup, the uh, playoffs basically every year, and, and the Red Sox have, have also been very successful in making the Major League Baseball playoffs. So L.A. and Boston, no surprise there. Now, New York. This one was a little bit of a surprise. I really expected New York to be off the charts in terms of the number of times it has pulled the feet. After all, I mean, you, have, you have two Major League Baseball teams, two NFL teams, and two NHL teams, and almost every NHL team makes the playoffs. But one of the things that really surprised me as I got into the data was just how extremely terrible the New York Knicks have been over the years. You remember them having a golden age in the 1970s with Walt Frazier and, and names like that. But for the most part, they have been a boat anchor as far as New York teams making playoffs. 13 times New York teams have made the Major League Baseball and NFL playoffs. And of those only five out of 13 have the Knicks made the playoffs. That's absolutely pathetic. And perhaps even more pathetic is that of the five times they've had major MLB, NFL, and NBA in the same season, they've only had three where they had an NHL team get in. Almost every NHL team makes the playoffs, but they've actually had two of those five years where neither the Islanders nor the Rangers made the playoffs. So, so, L.A. and Boston have both done it seven times. New York's only done it three. And then there's Philadelphia, um, which is no surprise. They, they've um, had quite a, quite a run of success. with, with the, the Phillies are the team that makes the playoffs the least. The, um, the, the Eagles have been very, very successful over the course of years. And pretty much, they're, they're only six times. This was interesting, I thought. Only six times that both the Eagles and, and the um, Phillies made it the same year. But of those six times... Five of those six times, the Flyers and the 76ers both made the playoffs in the same in the same year. So Boston 7, LA 7, Philadelphia 5, and New York 3. And the last one, guys, it's a surprise. And I'm going to hold it until the end of the broadcast. And I'm going to let you guess who the last team, the last city was. And I'm going to give you a hint just to hopefully tantalize you a little bit. This, it, this is a city... That accomplished the feat in 2016, so it was very, very recently. Um, but, but in addition, the the other hint I'm going to give you is is that the uh, the football, the basketball, and the hockey teams all go by the city's name. 
The baseball team goes by the state's name and actually plays in a suburb of, of the city, um, of, of the city that, that, that accomplished the feat. It's a small one, but, um, but very interesting. And, and I'll tell you at the very end of the broadcast, and I think we're going to see, I know I've got it as a goal for myself, that Denver's going to join them this year. Kevin, back to you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus a thank you to the skipper dude as always a very interesting segment and an interesting idea again as a denver sports fan we should be thankful it, it's strange because yes the broncos are the number one team by a long shot in denver And so even though the other teams are having success, most people don't even notice because NFL is king and the Broncos are king in Denver. But there's still hope for Denver. I think I'm optimistic. I think most people are optimistic. That usually comes with with new territory. It comes with new head coaches. It comes with the excitement of a new season. Every year you have that hope that they're going to do something good and be a good team. We'll see. I mean, they have a long way to go. I don't see them having a great season next season. They still have too much talent they need to bring in. If somehow the quarterback situation gets better, even if it's with Keenum, okay, they can be, you know, maybe a nine and seven team, but I I don't see them winning more than nine games. I I just, I don't think you have the talent yet. Now you're getting close. Now, if, if they have a fantastic off season, if you have a great draft again, if you bring in a couple of big time free agents, then we can talk again and they have enough money. They have money to bring in quite a few big time free agents. So, it's possible, but but we're a long way away from that. So right now, I think they're they're an eight and eight, nine and seven team, just simply because they improved their coaching, but their talent is is still about a nine and seven type talent at best. So we'll see again. Maybe they'll improve. Either way, it's interesting to see that the different sports teams in Denver. I'm a big time Denver sports fan. Obviously, I love the Rockies. I love the Nuggets. The Avalanche. Honestly, I don't watch as much. I've never been quite a hockey guy. It's not because I dislike the sport, but I just you know, after being a being a fanatic of three sports was kind of enough. I didn't have enough time or effort to put into hockey as well, and so hockey kind of fell off the off the earth. Um, now that I now that I live in Munich, I, I kind of have to put a little bit of attention into soccer, um, but not that much, honestly. I mean, I I know enough about German or European soccer to be able to have a decent conversation about it, but I don't really care. I'm still much much more into American sports. I'm a big time Denver sports fan. Still, I, I watch as many Nuggets 
highlights as I can. I can't really say I watched the games because, again, the games that the NBA games are, are even later than, than the NFL games, I, a lot later, right? So, I mean, almost every game starts at something like 3 a.m. So it's almost impossible. So I, I watched the highlights. You know, they're, they're nice 10-minute highlights you can find on YouTube. Uh, the Nuggets are awesome. I, I love what they're doing. How can nobody love what they're doing? And I think, again, I think I talked about this before a couple of weeks ago, how I think the Broncos should like, you know, that they're building kind of similar to the Patriots. I think they should kind of stick around. They, they should stick with the idea of what of what the, the Nuggets did. You know, they, they hired a defensive-minded coach, and they, they went with a philosophy that, that they believed in that could – not just win in the regular season, but succeed in the postseason. And basketball is somewhat similar to to football that you need a you need a team that can play defense. You need a team that can score. You know, in the in the half court kind of. So you can't just have a team that runs, runs, runs because in the in the postseason it always slows down. It's it's similar, I think, in in the NFL that the game changes. Typically in the offseason, it gets more defensive, it gets slower. You need to have a decent running game. You need to have a good defense. You need to have good pass rushers. And I think that's something that, again, I think that the Broncos are building on similar to how, how the Nuggets did. And I think the big thing for the Broncos is that eventually they have to find a coach and they have to stick with him. I hope it's Fangio. Of course I do. Because he's a guy, again, he's been around forever. He's a great defensive coach. He was the assistant coach of the of the year for the NFL. So he is obviously highly respected, highly touted, and the Broncos just have to give him time. Even if they fail the next two years, they have to give him time. They have to trust him. They have to say, okay, we believe in, in your idea, your, your, you know, your future um, plans for this team, and we're going to stick with it. And I think that if they do that, then you're going to see the 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 fruits of of the patience in I don't know three or four years. Now, I think again, as most teams in the NFL, if you get a quarterback, your window opens faster than not. Obviously, I mean it's it's a little different than the NBA. In the NBA, you need a bunch of guys who work really well together. You need a couple of stars and probably at least one superstar. The Nuggets finally have that in Nikola Jokic, and in the NFL. You really need a, a solid team and at least a good quarterback, at least. Now, the LA Rams made it to the Super Bowl with a good quarterback. I don't think Jared Goff is anything special. I think most people don't don't really believe that. He is very well coached. He has a very good system and a good team around him. Um, the Broncos don't obviously have a very good quarterback. They don't even have a good quarterback. Case Keenum is, is, the, is the perfect example, the epitome of underwhelming or whelming or eh, okay and until they improve that then yeah they're, they're not going to be all that good I think next year like I said I think they stick with Keenum and I think they're going to have a solid to even okay season in 2019 and, and that's okay I think again you build around your windows in in a, in a head coach almost never comes in in his first year and has success now of course sometimes that changes like like um, Nagy in Chicago this year, really turned the team around in one season. But he also did that after John Fox, again, built up the talent. Now, they didn't have success with John Fox, but he was a guy who did come in and helped bring in a talented team. Nagy wasn't the only one who, who just, boom, he came in and they were talented. Fox, like he did in Denver, built a solid team. He just couldn't himself find the success with the players he had. And, and part of that was, yeah, it was also his offensive system didn't work with the quarterback, etc. 
Um, but we have to give, we're going to have to give Fangio at least a year. I know that's hard for fans. Of course, you don't ever want to have a year where your team's not going to be successful. You don't want to have a losing season, especially for the Broncos because they are the Broncos and, and, and they have had success for years and years and years. And obviously this, this season was their the first time since the seventies that they had two or back to back losing seasons. And that of course is unacceptable for Denver Broncos fans. And I think that this next year should be good enough that that won't happen. Now, there's so much going on with with the Broncos, you know, off off the field as well. You of course had the the Pro Football Hall of Fame um, inductees. Pat Bolin was finally uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame as an owner, and Champ Bailey, of course, was inducted as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Bailey was was really, I think, as many people around my age, I'm, I'm about to turn thirty. He was really one of the guys who I grew up loving a guy who who my childhood bronco experience a lot of it was built around champ bailey now my my years that i started to grow as a bronco stain were not very good years for the team they were okay they had a couple good teams they had you know the jake Plummer years and you know even jay cutler but but there was not a whole lot of success and so one of the few guys that you could really appreciate and love and, and, and look up to was Champ Bailey and a guy that I'm really glad to see. Obviously I know all Broncos fans are really glad to see in the hall of fame and a guy that had a big, um, I don't know, effect on my fandom and a guy that I'd say is, if I had to say my top three Broncos all time, Champ Bailey is, is absolutely one of them. He was, he was right in that, that sweet spot of my, I don't know, Broncos fanhood. What are my other three? That, that's an interesting, interesting question. My other three Broncos, my favorite three Broncos of all time. I Chan Bailey definitely. Oh man, I'm, I'm putting myself on the spot here. I didn't really plan about talking about that. Boy, you almost can you put Peyton Manning? It's a tough thing, right? I mean, Peyton Manning. You know, there's been rumors or there's been speculation that he may even go into the Hall of Fame as a Bronco, which is kind of a, a stab in the back of the of the Colts who you know stabbed him in the back so it's fairly fitting um probably it's got to be Manning though I mean he was so he was so good he was so lovable and he still is I mean everything he touches is gold his commercials and stuff were just so good they were so good I, I, I you have to love Peyton Manning so he's probably up there and then ah man I don't even know maybe maybe Miller maybe Harris Jr. Maybe Tebow. I, I was a huge Tebow guy. I'm not going to lie. You know, part of it is yes, I'm I'm a I'm a Christian. I I really appreciate that about him. I appreciate how good of a guy he is. How how strongly he believes in his faith. I, I appreciate that just from from my own personal perspective. But he 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 was so different. I mean, anyone who listens to my podcast or reads my my um, articles on MileHighReport.com know that. I'm not a guy who who knows the stats very well. I'm I'm not a statistician. I'm not one of these guys who can just pull up all the records and all the things that anyone's done. Like so many of these guys in Mile High Report can, and they're just incredible what these guys can can bring to the table in terms of of actual facts. I'm not a fact guy. I'm just not. That's not who I am. I am a guy who who again I love the drama. I love the the on field and off field 
Yeah, drama. That's and so when you look at Tim Tebow, that's who he was. I mean, he was not a very good quarterback, of course, but boy, was he dramatic, and he brought so much difference to the NFL. It was so different. It was such a strange year, such a bizarre time to be a Broncos fan. But the the miraculous wins that they that they produced that season were just incredible. I mean, it was so incredible that that win over the over Pittsburgh was the greatest moment of my Broncos history. I've never had a more fun, more enjoyable moment, even the Super Bowl. Now, that was great. It was great winning the Super Bowl. That was an incredible feeling, and it was incredible to experience that because the other two Super Bowls, I was too young, really, to appreciate it. So in 2015, that was awesome, and to see it go to to Peyton Manning and to Marcus Ware, that was a great feeling. Any championship for, for any fan, if your team wins the championship, of course it's a great feeling. But the, just just the elation, the the surprise, the the drama of that Tim Tebow, you know, last minute pass to Demarius Thomas or in in overtime, the walk off win that was unreal, unreal good, and and that's that's a moment that will always be with me. Even though yes, Tim Tebow obviously was a wash up. Now he's you know playing baseball and, and fairly good at baseball. He it's there's rumors he actually may make the the. The, the MLB team, the, the the majors this year with, with the New York Mets. And I hope he does. I will very publicly, very openly say I'm a big Tebow supporter. Now, did he deserve to be the Broncos quarterback? No, of course not. You know, I've, you bring in Peyton Manning, then yes, of course, Tim Tebow's got to go. But the guy, I think he, he got, he got a, a bit of a bad break in a lot of ways, but he also didn't. I mean, he didn't have the talent. He wasn't really willing to change positions or do what he needed to do to stay in the league, and that's okay. I almost respect him more for that. He was a guy who said, you know what? This isn't what I love anymore, that they're not letting me play the game like I want to play it, so I'll go play baseball. And you know what? He's been pretty successful. So I know I'm going off on a ta- tangent now, but hey, it's the offseason, right? I mean, we're, we're allowed to go off on tangents in the offseason. We can talk about whatever the heck we want in the offseason. Tim Tebow favorite Broncos. I would love to have you guys participate. I've talked about this before um, in doing the fan rants, uh, which means you just send me a one to 10 minute uh, audio recording. You can find plenty of things to record audio on on your phone. There are apps. You probably already have an app or two that can record audio and just send it to my email at kevingillikinusa at gmail.com. I would love to have you part of the show. I get it. It's not a super easy thing to do or super easy thing to to uh, get to. I mean, in, in, in busy lives, I, I totally understand. Uh, try doing an hour of it. <laughs> it's not always easy. It's not always um, something that's, that's you know, it, it's very time-consuming, and I understand that. But, but again, I would love to have you part of it. Give it a try. Give it a try. I, I, I mean, there's no hurt in, in sitting down and saying, hey, you know what? I want to talk about this. I want to talk about my favorite Broncos moment. I want to talk about my three favorite Broncos players. I want to talk about, you know, why the Broncos should be like the Patriots or why they shouldn't be like the Patriots. And I want to hear your voice. That's I want you to give it a shot. Give it a shot. You never know. Maybe you'll be better than you think you would be. You don't know until you try. And, and I know that some of the guys who've been on already, Luke Short, uh, Skipper Dude, of course, who's who's who does it every week and is, is awesome at it. Um, it's worth a shot. And I, I would love to hear your stuff. It, you know, why not, right? Why not? So again, send it, KevinGillikinUSA at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Gillikin. 
K-E-V-V-Y-G-I-L-L-I-K-I-N on Twitter. And you can see all of my sports thoughts and you can also DM me and, and, and we can connect on there about possible future um, fan rants right here on Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. Because again, as we go into the offseason, it's not always easy to find things to talk about, especially just about the Broncos, about the NFL. There are going to be a few weeks here. I mean, maybe three weeks until the combine. And, you know, even with the combine, I don't always know what to talk about because, you know, I'm not a big college football guy. I don't really know a lot of this talent. You can talk about some of the the the, the drama, maybe guys who were suspended, guys who didn't make it because of off-field problems. That's more of what I want to talk about. Um, I love talking about the, the, the history of the Broncos, you know, the the intricacies of the NFL and of sports. And that's that's hopefully what you'd like to hear from Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. Some of these other guys, you know, the, the Mile High Report podcast with Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati is, is really fantastic. These guys have great takes. They have really good um, thoughts on the Broncos. They have good connections. They're guys who, who talk to a lot of people that are heavily involved with the Broncos and the NFL. So I highly recommend um, if, if you like this podcast, but you like, you know, very more guys who actually know the sport a little better, maybe then then please go over to to the uh, Mile High Report podcast as well as this one. I don't want you to leave me, but I would love to have you as part of this podcast and I would love to hear your advice. What do you want me to talk about more? What are some stories that are interesting? Well, what's the story about the guy? Um, geez, see, now I can't even remember his name. The guy from, from Canada, the Canadian quarterback, um, Bo. Oh, geez. Bo, 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 Bo. I'm trying to find this on my phone while I'm talking. The guy who, who actually tried out for the for the Broncos in the offseason. And, and he's actually been connected with them and could potentially come and and actually potentially fight for the the QB position if the Broncos don't give it to a rookie or a free agent, which again, I don't think they will. So maybe the guy's name is uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. He is a two-time MVP for the Canadian Football League. He's tried out with, I think, what, four or five teams, including the Giants and the Broncos. Interesting story. I mean, that's something that I, I think I'll look into a little more and, and, and see what the possibilities of him coming in. Me, why not? I mean, what's the difference between a Canadian guy who's had success and a college guy who hasn't? I mean, Drew Locke has not had any success when you actually look at his his resume. The, the team wasn't that good. They didn't do that much under him. Now, yes, he's a talented guy. He's big. He's strong. He's got a good arm. But why not look at this this Canadian quarterback? Why not? And, and they did. The team did. Now, I know most people, most Broncos fans are going to be like, no, 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 no. Please don't bring this guy in because they're going to think of him like a guy like Tebow, a guy who's not your normal way. But come on, Doug Flutie. Come on, Canadian guy. There are plenty of these quarterbacks that came from the Canadian League after the NFL didn't give him a chance, and they had success. So I say, heck, give the guy a chance. Let's see what he has. Bring him in. Compete with Case Keenum. Compete with the rookie. And heck, maybe Bo Levi Mitchell will be the next Broncos quarterback in 2019-2020. Anyway, we'll leave it at there. Uh, we leave it there. We're going to uh, send it back to Skipper Dude to give you the answer for the team that, or the I'm sorry, the city that has had four playoff teams in one year. 
the one that no one will expect. We'll see if you guessed it right. He's up next, and then we'll see if we'll finish it out with a fan rant. I'm seeing in the last moment, maybe someone is going to come up and give me a fan rant. You have the chance, so send them in now. Uh, up next, Skipper Dude. Thanks, Kevin. Skipper Dude again. So did you figure it out? The, um, the, the city that in 2016 sent all four of its sports teams to the Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, and NHL playoffs. The, the hint was that the, uh, the NFL, the, the football, basketball, and hockey teams all go by the city name, and the, st- the, uh, the baseball team goes by the state names. It was Dallas. Good on you if you figured it out. Kevin, back to you. All right, y'all. Last but not least, Luke Short is going to give us another fan rant. Thanks again to him. He's been awesome so far. He's done several this year already, and they've both been good. So looking forward to hearing what Luke has to say to finish out this week's Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. Luke Short. Hey, thanks for having me back on, Kevin. This is Luke Short, lifelong Denver Broncos fan, Denver native. And man, what a rotten egg of a Super Bowl that was. Man, that was... That was just, that was terrible. It was the most boring piece of junk game I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. And it was just, it was just tragic to see that happen. It's supposed to be the most exciting game of the year. You know, two teams that fought 16 games in the season, made it through the playoffs to meet in the big championship game, two weeks off, lots of media hype. Amazing uh, commercials and halftime show. No, none of that happened. It was a, it was a terrible game against that that put two teams that nobody likes against each other, and it was just a rotten game. There was, I, I was hopeful at the beginning. You saw Tom Brady throw that interception. That looked, that was that was exciting. But I was looking for like a key to lead to make a huge play or, you know, some something on the Rams' offense. It almost just looked like it was rig. It was just a lame, lame, awful game. Like, I can't even express how disappointed I am. But, hey, I think there's a lot to look forward to, actually. At least going forward, I think the New England evil empire is, is just about out of gas. <laughs> like, if, especially like this game being proof of that. I don't think they had anything left in the tank. Plus, you put those big egos, Belichick and uh, Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. Like, it's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, what does he, what does he still expect to get out of this league? Is he going to go just until he like has a devastating injury or misses the playoffs? Like, what is Tom Brady's end game to support his cult that he has going? Like, I have no idea what that what the answer to that is. To make good on his deal with the devil, I don't know. <laughs> but there's a lot to be excited for. It, there's no way the Super Bowl could be worse next year. I think I think you have a lot of up and coming teams, especially Kansas City Chiefs with uh, Mahomes. I hate to say that as a Broncos fan, but he is exciting to watch. I got to admit. And I think there's going to be more talent like him out there. I think the NFL is changing to to be a more high-caliber scoring offensive uh, thing to watch. So that's definitely definitely exciting. There's going to be, I think, like the 
there's going to be a lot of young and upcoming talent to see. That's going to be really fun to watch. So I just hope the NFL figures out, finds, does some soul searching, you know, stop blowing calls in the playoffs. There's technology to beat that. Put together some compelling storylines. And then uh, bring about the end of the New England dynasty, which is going to come soon anyways for uh, old age, or they're going to find out that they've been cheating, or they're just going to totally fail pretty soon. So that's exciting to look forward to. All right, well, thanks for having me on. Take care. Have a good day.